brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Ho, 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 gentlemen. The holidays have come early this year as Manscaped have the gift that keeps on trimming. Santa's beard isn't so appealing when it's coming out of your trousers. And that's why Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, have you covered this holiday season. Now available in your country, join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to keep their trees trimmed and ornaments polished. Go to manscaped.com and use code DTR for 20% off plus free shipping. Stafford, under pressure, going to tuck it went up and took it away. Van Jefferson for the touchdown. Aaron Donald smothers him. Jalen Ramsey put the pop on Sacked by Leonard Floyd having a day again. Darius Williams with a diving Jordan Fuller comes up with his second interception of the night. All right, guys, welcome back to Downtown Rams. As always, I'm your host, Alexis Kraft. Join here with my co-host, Jake Ellen Mogan. And guys, today we are going to be breaking down the Rams breakdown against the San Francisco 49ers on Monday Night Football. Uh, Two days ago on Monday Night Football, the Rams went to San Francisco to take on our division rivals, the San Francisco 49ers. And we lost... 10 to 31 in a game that we should not have lost and people were not expecting us to lose. And to open this episode, I am going to give kind of my brief thoughts and then Jake will give his, and then we'll get kind of down to the nitty gritty of it. Um, But Jake, I'm going to just go through my Twitter timeline really quick (laughs) and give people like a glimpse of how this game went, because if they're listening to this episode, I'm sure that they're going to know what I'm referring to. Um, And if not, it might be kind of comical for you to hear how parts of this game went um, from someone watching it. So the game started at, uh, I think it was, it was 820 Eastern time, right? Or was it eight o'clock? Yeah. Uh, 820, 815, really. Right, but, right, right. Know. It started at, at I think, eight, uh, 715 my time. Because at 715, uh, 18 my time, 
So three minutes into the game, I tweeted Stafford, what the hell? That had to do with uh, an interception that Stafford threw targeting OBJ. Um, Then I tweeted this Ben don't break defense gives me too much anxiety. Next was the 49ers game plan is to run the ball in the Rams because they can. Then I tweeted, am I having a nightmare? And I believe what was the play? Because there's so many of them, unfortunately, but the, it was the one, um, I think that was, might've been Stafford's second interception because that was tweeted at 740 my time. Uh, so am I having a nightmare? Then I tweeted, run, run, run the ball all the way down the field. Merrily, merrily, merrily. Life is but an anxiety-inducing nightmare when the Rams don't run the ball. Please, for the love of God, just run the ball, please. Then it was Tyler Higby redemption touchdown because Tyler Higby did get our sole touchdown of the game. Oh, the nightmare might have been when he dropped the interception. When because that wasn't on Stafford, really. I mean, he threw the ball away from Higby, but but it kind of went through Higby's hands. Yeah, that was bad. Then I tweeted, are you kidding me? That was in response to a pick six from the 49ers. Uh, then I tweeted, our defense looks absolutely pathetic. No excuse. And then this one, personal favorite, LOL, that was dumb. I'm sorry, a fake when you're down by this much before half. Stupid call. That was when Sean McVay called a, uh, a fake on that punt. Yeah. Uh, it, terrible call. We'll get into that. Um, then there's a tweet I'm going to say for later. Then Taylor Rapp sack, sole sack of the game. Go Taylor Rapp. The Rams are getting cooked on third down. Uh, Stafford threw that behind Skoranek. I don't want to see any Skoranek slander on the timeline. Then you have to go for it here. You have to. Down three scores at the end of the third. Then, LOL or not, this play calling is a joke. That's when we didn't go for it on fourth down, uh, end of the third quarter when we were losing by a lot. Uh, then Sean McVay is not good at play calling, but you guys don't want to have that conversation. We need Jalen Ramsey to save us. Higby WTF. <laughs> this is absolutely disgusting. Matthew Stafford looks horrible. I predicted the score would be 31 to 10, but with the Rams winning, I'm sick. Because <laughs> that is a true fact. If you listen to this episode, I did get the score prediction right. I just had the wrong team winning. Uh, and then I'm going to end on this note because there's a lot of tweets I rambled off at the end, but this is where we're, we're gonna, I'm going to hand it to you, Jake. I said, this isn't me being dramatic. This is me being realistic. A team that plays this poorly in prime time, plus a coach who consistently makes terrible play calls, isn't going to a Super Bowl. Something has to give if the Rams want to compete in the postseason. Now, very important that I point out something has to give. I'm not ruling the Rams out, Jake. I'm just stating the obvious. We've had two back-to-back weeks of very embarrassing primetime games and two displays from our head coach. Uh, this is something you and I have talked about off air. Uh, there, there's no coming back for Sean McVay. He doesn't ever rise from behind. He either has to get out there and get a lead or everything goes to shambles. So I could go on about my thoughts on the game, but I figured that I would keep some levity to the situation and I would do it through my Twitter timeline. But now I'm going to hand it to you, Jake. Uh, before we start breaking down kind of what went wrong, what's your overall thoughts on this Rams versus 49ers game? 
Yeah, my overall thoughts is, uh, you know, Sean McVay, uh, for people that are looking, you know, for something to lean on and, and not feel as bad, um, I mean, you can take this how it is because, I mean, it still is bad. Uh, but Sean McVay, every single year except for 2017, has had a two-game losing streak back-to-back in which the, the team just kind of loses their identity. They don't play to their strengths. Um, you know, they let the the other team dictate the game. You know, we've seen it in years past. I mean, you go back to 2020, the Jets, the Seahawks, you know, 2019, Dallas and the Niners, 2018, Philly and Chicago, you know, and at that point during that, that span, it, it makes for great television, you know, for, for the talking heads of the, the mainstream media. And, you know, they'll say things like, Oh, you know, this team's done or they're pretenders or they're, they're exposed. And then, you know, if you look, I mean, except for really 2019, cause 2019 just wasn't their year. I mean, let's call it like it is, but, you know, they, they always seem to come back, you know, and Sean McVay always seems to fix it and make adjustments. And, you know, I, I went through, watched this game again. God, I don't know why I watched this game again. Um, I did a live watch party. Do so, you like you know. suffering, Jake? <laughs> well, I always feel Were like I have to. you addicted to the pain? I mean, that's, there's part of that. No, um, I'm just teasing you. I watched the highlights <laughs> of it. I watched the highlights of it, but I couldn't sit through the entire thing again without getting PTSD. And not, yeah, so you, you, you wouldn't be able to watch it in three different angles either. <laughs> I would actually cry. I would <laughs> But that's me, though. you know? I mean, I've, yeah. I've seen the Super Bowl about five different times. The Super Bowl, the Rams only scored three points in. I mean, I, I need to know. Every game tells a story and I need to know it. And so, you know, I went back and I watched this game. And, you know, I feel like there were a bunch of takeaways from this game. I and mean, we'll start with the offense. Um, and, you know, I already you already know where I'm going with this. I mean, I texted you this. Um, but the offense, I think right off the cuff, uh, this team needs to go back to the 2018 playbook. You know, uh, I think, look, this is not a, you know, Jared Goff is better than everyone thinks tweet or, you know, voiced tweet. Um, but what it is, is, you know, Matthew Stafford is a very good quarterback. Um, and he is in the thick of the MVP race. I still think he can win it. I still think the Rams, you know, will win the Super Bowl, all of that, but things have to change. And, you know, Matthew Stafford is dealing with, uh, you know, a lot less blitzing up front. Um, you know, who else is also dealing with this? Patrick Mahomes. And as soon as teams stopped blitzing Patrick Mahomes and they, they were still getting pressure, um, they were forcing Patrick Mahomes to read the defense and make decisions. It was taking longer for him to do that. And so the pressure would get there and force Patrick Mahomes into errant throws or just, you know, sacks or fumbles, what have you. Um, Stafford is a lot better than Mahomes as far as reading the field. Uh, a lot, thing that people don't understand is Patrick Mahomes is still getting better in that that area. Uh, he's not the greatest, uh, you know, field, um, you know, vision type of guy. Um, you know, he uses his legs to get out of the pocket and buy himself time, uh, which actually alters the, I guess, the argument with him. But with Stafford, this is somebody that is really good at reading, you know, defenses, and they're just they're doing a really nice job of disguising. Uh, you know, they're dropping a lot of guys into coverage. And they're getting through, you know, using that interior offensive line of the Rams that's not built to really sustain that type of like to be in the pocket that long. You know, Stafford, um, Stafford, you know, he can stay in the pocket as long as he wants. But the, the problem is the interior offensive line is not built, you know, big and broad. You know, I mean, David Edwards, he's kind of slender. You know, I mean, he's he's taller, but he's, he's a slender guy. Uh, you know, Brian Allen doesn't scare anybody because, you know, yeah, he got off to a good start to start the season. 
Um, but he is not built to be, he doesn't, he can't have that big anchor up front and be that pass protector at the center position. Um, and then right guard, you know, Austin Corbett, I think is probably the best of the three. Um, but here's the thing, you know, the Rams, they built this offensive line with the mind that they were going to run, you know, a wide zone running scheme and they were going to have, you know, a short and intermediate passing attack that was uh, predicated on the play action passing. And, you know, that's what they did with Todd Gurley. It's what, you know, it looked like they were going to do uh, with Cam Akers. They did it a lot last year. And now all of a sudden, after being, you know, a top 10 pass, um, you know, a, a play action passing team last year and, you know, constantly, you know, constantly playing, you know, to their strengths with the play action passing, whether Goff was good at it or not. Um, I feel like Sean McVay has kind of had this kid in a candy store type of feeling with Matthew Stafford. Mm -hmm. And I I can't stress it enough, Alexis. Uh, It's kind of a dangerous thing because, look, you know, as much as I know, uh, Matthew Stafford's a great quarterback. I love watching him throw the football. But I mean, now he's he's basically a just drop back passer. There's no nuance to the offense. They've become exposed because they're not actually exposed. Sean McVay just has them super predictable. They go empty. They go, you know, four wide, five wide receiver, and they're not really running the football. And so defenses don't have to worry about the play action. So that wipes that off the face of the earth. And when you don't have play action, you don't have any sort of, you know, difference to kind of, you know, deviate from what you're doing and defenses are just going to pounce on you. And that's what's happened with the Rams is that he's just drop, you know, he's dropping back. Teams aren't blitzing. They're, they're dropping back into coverage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, whether it's three step, five step or seven step, they're able to, to get enough pressure on him to, you know, where if guys aren't getting open quick enough and you don't have Robert Woods, so it's going to be a little more difficult. Um, he's going to be in trouble. Well, you you bring up a good point that we'll talk about a little later in Sean McVay and the predictability factor, and that'll go into kind of the play calling and all that. But I want to talk about Matthew Stafford because I agree with you. Matthew Stafford is a very good quarterback. I am going to play devil's advocate here. But before I play devil's advocate, I do want to say everyone who's tweeting, we want Goff back. Oh, Goff would never. God. You're being dramatic. Matthew Stafford is light years better than Jared Goff. I listen, he had a terrible game. I get it. It happens. It's happened back to back weeks. And then here's where I'm going to play, play devil's advocate, Jake, because listen, while Matthew Stafford is better than Jared Goff, there's been a lot of pressure on both Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford to have a really good season. Matthew Stafford has been playing well with the exception of the past two weeks. And then he had a game. Um, I can't, it's slipping my mind. I think week three or week four, we didn't play the game. Yeah. The Cardinals game where he did not play well, but listen, it's going to happen in the NFL. It's to be expected. You can never expect a quarterback to be perfect. That's unrealistic. However, again, I'm playing devil's advocate here. We put a lot of stock into Matthew Stafford. We sent a lot of draft picks to Detroit for Matthew Stafford. The Rams in general this season have gone all in. You, There's really no way that the Rams could go even more all in this season. I don't think they have anything left to give. So when you look at the first quarter of the game against the 49ers, Matthew Stafford in the first quarter had seven pass attempts. He had, and in those seven pass attempts, he had two interceptions and one pick six. Well, one, well, one pick six was one of those interceptions. I should rephrase that. 
And you talk about the offensive line and everything. And here's, here's what I am not quite sure of. I don't, I understand what you're saying about the offensive line. Watching that game though, and, and watching, you know, those interceptions and, and the pass attempts that looked like Matthew Stafford. And, you know, the, the ball that he threw, I will, I will say this, the one interception to Odell Beckham, I think that might've been miscommunication uh, on the route between him and OBJ, which makes sense because Odell is very new to the team. And I, you kind of, when you watch that play, he should have kept running and I don't think that he did. So, you know, I'm going to let Stafford have that one. Um, But you can't help, but sort of try to combat being a Rams fan and getting defensive about the notion that Matthew Stafford is bad in primetime. Matthew Stafford doesn't want a playoff game. Matthew Stafford cracks. But is this so much on Matthew Stafford as it is on the play calling and the team around him and Sean McVay? No, see, I I don't think, um, believe it or not, I don't think he had that bad of a game against the Niners. Um, There were a lot of drops. You know, there's obviously that really, like, I don't know why he's throwing that on second, whatever. He's throwing that to OBJ. Um, or not even throwing it to OBJ. OBJ had to go and try to get it. Um, and then, you know, the just the pure luck where he throws it right to Higby. It wasn't like the best pass. I didn't even like the play call. <laughs> there we are with the play well, call. Well, again, that's but, what I'm uh, saying, the play you know, calling. It just, it it shoots up and uh, Jimmy Ward runs under it and takes it to the house. You know, Stafford didn't play well against the Titans, but I don't think he was horrendous. Like some people are saying against the Niners. I think that's just a narrative because people will just say, well, you know, four interceptions, two pick sixes. Yeah. Okay. But if you really look at it, the two, the two interceptions he threw against the Titans were like ill-advised throws. I mean, the first one was really bad. The second one was a really nice play by a buyer, but you know, Stafford probably should have seen that now against the Niners though. like they didn't really do anything like he just threw up a a heave and then the second one you know like that was bad but the second one like he threw it at Higby and Higby bobbled it somehow into a pick six which Mm I I mean you've seen it before but it's rare um here's the thing though both of these games in back-to-back and this is why I mean I 100% agree with you at the play calling it's absolutely ridiculous at this point uh Daryl Henderson averaged around six yards per carry Okay, they could not stop him immediately. You know, Daryl Henderson runs for like 14 yards to start the game, 10 yards to start the game, doesn't get a carry until they're down 10 nothing. That's, you know, that's unacceptable or 14 nothing. That's unacceptable. I mean, it really is. And, you know, the thing is, and I'll say this, is that I don't think Sean McVay was figured out. I don't think people exposed Matthew Stafford. I don't think people exposed Sean McVay. I, I think it's quite simple. When the Rams lose, it's on Sean McVay, it's on the defensive coordinator, it's on the players. I have yet to see this season, besides the Cardinals game, so one of their three losses where a team just really dominated them on all in all phases, right? Because if you look at the Cardinals game, there's no excuse. You know, they they really just dominated them. But if you look at the Titans game, the Titans offense was pedestrian. See, I understand, you know, people will say the defense sucks, but people will really turn a blind eye to how well their defense played last week. Uh, Yeah, last week. You just won't admit it because it doesn't fit the narrative and everyone wants Raheem Morris to go. And they've even made a change.com petition for it, which is just another ridiculous thing. It is. That's my point is that, like, when it comes to this game, Sean McVay has once again 
when down by 14, and we've talked about this, and you've you've alluded to this, Sean McVay once again down 14 panicked. He went, you know, empty. He went, he just threw, 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 and they did not run the football. I'm sorry, by the way, I, I don't know, you know, I hate to break it to you, but 21, uh, 21 to 7, when your star running back or your, your number one running back right now is averaging six yards per carry, you can still run the football. It was the third quarter, second quarter, what have you. They could still yeah. run the football. And that's the thing. It's the imba- uh, the complete abandonment of the run, um, you know, for the offense. The defense, though, you know, and that that's a whole other story. And we're going to get that into that. The defense right now, um, they have all the players maybe that people think like I keep seeing that as the excuse. There's no excuse for, um, you know, Raheem Morris because the defense is just, you know, they're they're stacked. It's a little different than that, um, you know, because basically with the defense, they have had to reintegrate players like Darius Williams that have come back from injury. They've had to uh, integrate a rookie, Ernest Jones, who may or may not, you know, be ready. Um, and then they, they've had to integrate... Uh, you know, their brand new player, Von Miller, who didn't play last week. And I just think, you know, I won't get too into the defense yet, but I just have to say that, you know, looking at this defense, they didn't play well against the Niners. They played well against the Titans. No, Raheem Moore shouldn't be fired. And I think this defense is going to get better. I think they needed one of these games to just kind of get their bell rung and just reminded, look, you know, we can't continue to play this way. You know, we need to get Jalen Ramsey on Devontae Adams against the Packers. There's no excuse. I mean, you know, and I'll say this. I really like the star position. I think you and I both like the idea of it and the concept of it, you know, and basically maximizing the ROI of Jalen Ramsey. But here's the fact. What we've learned is that the Rams corners aren't good enough to have Jalen Ramsey off the top receiver and, you know, still win. You have Darius Williams, who's really good. And then obviously we like Dante Dion. He was not active. Uh, that changed the game plan, according to Jordan Rodriguez and Sean McVay. Um, and, you know, th- you know, Robert Rochelle has a lot of potential. And I think he's going to be somebody someday where you can rely on him. But right now, that's not the case. And David Long, it's definitely not the case. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. 
Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. More is always better. That's why my bookie instantly doubles all first-time deposits. With double the funds, you can double your action and more importantly, double your wins. Getting in on the action has never been easier. I can bet with all my favorite currencies, including crypto, and with all the extra scratch, why not get in on the biggest matchups of the week at my bookie? As we inch closer to the NFL playoffs, there are some pivotal games to be on the lookout for this weekend, including a showdown between the division rivals when the San Francisco 49ers take on the Los Angeles Rams. Behind MVP candidate Matthew Stafford, the Rams are looking to continue rolling as they take on the fierce 49er defense. The Rams are legit. Bet them to cover the spread. Don't wait. Head to my bookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can get in the game and start winning now. Use my promo code JKDTR, that is JKDTR, to receive double your first deposit instantly. That's promo code. <clears throat> Damn it. I'm going to cut that, but. That's promo code JKDTR, so you can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Girls, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of finding a bush when I go down on my man's chimney. Dear Santa, all I want this holiday season is for my man to have smooth jingle balls. Thankfully, Manscaped answered with the Performance Package 4.0, so I don't have to find Santa's beard in my man's pants again. Ladies, this holiday season, get your man products that will leave him smelling fresh with their all-new ultra-premium body wash and a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give the man in your life the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and balls this holiday season. Go to manscaped.com and use code DTR for 20% off plus free shipping. Well, yeah, so... Yeah, so then let's talk about the defense now because I kind of want to tie the defense into the play calling and kind of into the overall scheme and and narrative of of this thing. Because what I was going to say in terms of play calling, and I alluded to this earlier, you kind of alluded to it, is is Sean McVay coming back and the grit and the tenacity that is just non-existent. Instead, it's panic every single time. And it's just like there's no fight. And I'm going to tie this into the defense into a second. But for example, um, you know, the play calling that I mentioned in my tweets where there was a lot of time towards the end of the third quarter, we were down by almost three scores on fourth down. I think it was fourth and five or fourth and four. And we didn't go for it. We punted the ball away. Terrible play calling, you know, the fake punt. Um, I forget which quarter that was. Oh, in. that was that, that was, was that really, was terrible. That made and, me sick. Yeah, and it, it, there's these really weird plays that just overall seem to come from Sean McVay, and I will say the defense at times. I'm not blaming Raheem Morris because here's what I'm going to say about the defense. You talk about grit and tenacity. Why can't we tackle? Because see, that's there's some things in here. Now, now I agree with what you said earlier. The Titans game to me. Um, was more on the Sean McVay. This game to me, I think while I do think it's mostly on Sean McVay, I also think overall we didn't play well. And I think we actually need to hold players accountable to that. I disagree. I I disagree with you slightly on Stafford. I think that he had a better game than he did against Tennessee. I don't think he had a good game. I think our defense this game played very, very poorly. And if you want any evidence of that, go back and watch the game if you can stomach it and look at the <laughs> fact that there was five of our defenders 
unable to tackle one 49er multiple times, multiple missed tackles. We weren't hitting guys. And, you know, I think it was Kyle Brandt who I don't really know much about. And I, I think there's been some stuff you said that I agreed with, but it was like glitz, not hits like all the glamor. But when it comes down to it, we're not hitting. And that's something that I've said to you before. I worry about the identity of this defense and people could say, Oh, you're being dramatic, but look at the games. Look at, you know, Ben don't break. If that's, if that's the route that, that our defense wants to go fine, but we keep breaking. Well, what we I break hate, so bad that people are running through us and we no, can't tackle I, I anybody. I agree with you. Well, what I hate is the narrative that, you know, like, so basically the Rams actually did stop the run for the most part. They held uh, Elijah Mitchell to 3.4 yards per carry and Jeffrey Wilson 2.8. But Debo Samuel also ran the football. That's the thing. And that is what made it look so much worse than it was. And it was the chunky yardage. And the issue with this is that they didn't make adjustments. And this is where Raheem is guilty, or maybe he isn't. Um, and I'll get into that you know, momentarily. But Raheem Morris should have made adjustments in the second half, knowing that they wanted to run the ball 40 times, clearly seeing that all they wanted to do was run the ball. And Jimmy Garoppolo is incredibly limited. And I can't even call him overrated because I think people finally know now, like he's is just check down Charlie. You know, he, he doesn't have to make any, all his throws are right in front, you know, right around the linebackers. Uh, they're about five, 10 yards and they're always, you know, guys are open when he throws it. I mean, that it's that easy for him. Well, so you should have been ready to, you know, load up the box, load up the defensive front. And they didn't, they ran just right through the teeth of the Rams defense because look, they don't have Sebastian Joseph day, but they haven't had him now, you know, two, three games and, you know, you got to be able to stop the defense and make adjustments. So if if Greg Gaines isn't, you know, plugging the hole for you and he's not being the Sebastian Joseph Day you need him, him to be, uh, then you have to figure out one way or another. If they get through the first level, we can't let them get to the second level. How do we stop that? And it's easy. You put, you know, defensive backs in the box. And with Jimmy Garoppolo, you've seen him. I mean, if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to sit there in the pocket and he's just going to dink and dunk it, why wouldn't you put guys in the box, run after him, uh, run blitz, and force him to make plays immediately? And that's the issue is that well, the Rams played soft zone. They played some shell coverage. But, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't testing the ball down the field. Like, he was not throwing down the field. Get this, Alexis. He didn't throw one pass outside the numbers. Not one. So you could well, have done that. that's why this is worse. That's exactly. why it's all that work, much exactly. worse. So they, they but, should have played more in the box. They should have run, you know, like engage eight and even nine in the box and just really gotten home. And and I think that's a big thing. Looking back at this, you know, what, when I say eight or nine in the box, you probably know what I'm talking about. But, you know, somebody that's listening at home, just to explain, if you're wondering why Steven Jackson was so impressive with the St. Louis Rams, is that the offensive line and the rest of the team really wasn't that good, you know, down the end of his career. And so... During that Sosar era, he was running with nine, 10 guys in the box where they essentially were just sending everybody to uh, they were all crashing the gaps and just trying to get at him, uh, you know, behind the line of scrimmage. And they did. And Steven Jackson would just fight it off. And that was what made him so great. But hate to break it to you. uh, You know, if you're a Niners fan listening to this, if the Rams ran with eight or nine guys in the box, Elijah Mitchell Jeffrey Wilson is they're not getting much uh, if you're going to run at that many guys and you're going to be able to gang tackle. So I I felt like that was just a really bad um, 
they, they just didn't adjust. And then, you know, the final nail in the coffin, you know, having Jalen Ramsey in the star, and then he's covering Jawan Jennings, a guy that had maybe one or two targets in this game. And Debo Samuel has, uh, you know, David Long and Taylor Rapp on him, and he's just blowing by him. And well, it, it's just, that's what I'm talking about. Well, he, and here's the thing. It was kind of the perfect storm with, there was no defensive adjustments made. The defense didn't play well. Uh, specifically, I mentioned the tackling and being out of position. And the offense couldn't keep the defense off the field. So not only was our defense not playing well, they were exhausted. And they were constantly on the field. For the 49ers kept running the ball, one, because they could, because it was working for them. And two, because it took time off the clock. So you had these three these three different elements working against the Rams defense. And again, I'm I don't know what the exact answer is to fixing that problem. Obviously, when it comes down to player performance, you could say, "Well, play better." <laughs> but th- but a lot more th- goes into that. It's not a sp- one specific thing that can happen. I mean, other than the tackling, which just again, I'm going to keep bringing it up because Guys, seriously, go watch the tape. It's just, it's amateur hour. I don't understand what's (laughs) happening. Um, But I just think overall, you know, again, no offense to the 49ers, but the 49ers are not a better team than we are. You know, the Titans, I don't think the Titans were a better team than we were. I think the Titans outplayed us and outcoached us by far. I still don't necessarily think that they're a better team than we are. The 49ers, I know, are not a better team than we no, are. On their offense. You know? Exactly. And, and, and what I'll say is if they played like that every single week, if they played the fire, they loved it. Like, that's the thing. Kyle Shanahan gets a lot of credit because, you know, it's always a primetime game. He goes against the Rams. They, you know, have the Rams number, whatever. But isn't it also kind of a concern that, you know, for whatever reason, Kyle Shanahan doesn't have that team prepared for other games? <laughs> Think about it. Well, and that's, again, it is a concern, but it also is embarrassing as a Rams fan and for Sean McVay because Kyle Shanahan can't seem to beat anybody else but Sean McVay. Yeah, I know. And, you know, McVay does not adjust. And again, I'm not, I don't want to sit here and keep going on and on railing on Sean McVay, but he doesn't adjust. He doesn't come back. Well, he's the one constant. He's the constant. And, and, three different defensive coordinators, all three of them lost. Wade. Uh, Brandon Staley and now Raheem Morris. This is why I can't just blame the defensive coordinator, you know? Well, Sean McVay shouldn't be play calling anymore. And that's another no, conversation. No, he shouldn't. He's he an amazing play offensive play designer. And yes. I, I literally have said this so many times, it's probably, nause- you know, like it's nauseating for people listening. But I mean, he's an amazing play designer, probably the best in the league. He just knows how to create a play. But when calling them in the right order, he just doesn't have it. I don't know what nope. it is. Um, and here's the thing. He doesn't have it. And yet there's still a top five offense, you know, every single year, except for like last year in 29. Uh, you know what I mean? But like, imagine how good they would be if they had some semblance of play calling. I mean, that just that's the thing that's frustrating. I mean, they're averaging 28 points per game. What if they were averaging 34? What if they changed the six points? They add another six points on the board by just adding another play caller. That is to me why it, the wish list next year isn't oh, I want to get this player. I want to get this, you know, this player, this, you know, this coach. I want to get a new play caller. I, I want Sean McVay yep. to to handle the head coaching duties and design plays and have a, a lot of input in the offense. But 
I want a play caller that knows what he's doing, knows situations. Sean McVay, I think, no, like he's not a horrible play caller, but I feel like when you have what they have, you can't just have not horrible. You need the best of the best. And I, I just think that's what they're missing. And, you know, the red zone is proving this. I mean, in games where the Rams lose, they're like 4-11 and 11 in the red zone. They're like 11 of 31 on third down. I mean, that's the constant there. That is on the play calling. And, and it just, it's not good enough. It has to get better. Uh, we've talked about the red zone for a while. I mean, Sean McVay wasn't good in the red zone. That was his Achilles heel uh, calling plays back in Washington. I've said this, um, but... You know, having Stafford, I think it's even worse now because before you had Gurley or you had Cam Akers, maybe even, you know, Malcolm Brown, he doesn't run it with Henderson in the red zone. And like when he does this year, he has success, but it's not a consistent thing. And again, Daryl Henderson is ninth this year in rushing. Like give this guy his due. I mean, I understand if you want to say he is, uh, he gets banged up often, he's not as, uh, you know, durable as other backs, fine. Uh, but if you can't rush him out there, you know, five carries, 30 yards, it's six yards per carry. If you're not going to give him any more carries, you're going to put in Sony Michelle and you're not even going to run the football. I mean, I'm sorry. The the 61% to 39% pass to, to run is not going to cut it. You're becoming extremely predictable and no one is going to be scared of this offense because they'll look at the right. weapons and think, wow, this is great. But I mean, I think I saw you tweeted it or you sent it to me. Uh, Bucky Brooks said something about, you know, this team, like the way the defenses play from now on, they're going to play the Rams exactly how the Niners and the Titans played. They're not going to blitz. They're going to drop into coverage. They're going to force Stafford to make throws because this team isn't running the ball. They have no play action passing attack. The, uh, you know, obviously the play calling isn't very good. And they're they're one dimensional offense right now that just wants to throw the ball that has these big weapons, uh, you know, OBJ that has cup uh, that has Higby that has van. But, you know, the fact of the matter is Stafford's being asked to do too much. If you can't run the football and you're already down 14, you're just you're basically dead to rights. And that is why, you know, Sean McVay's teams, they do not come back because he has not figured this out. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Yeah. I agree, you know, and just to close this out, you know, we're going into a bye week and I think this is perfect timing for a bye week. I think everyone, offense, defense, special teams, coaches, everybody on the Rams really needs to do some soul searching and needs to figure some stuff out during this bye week and really figure out how they can adjust. Because listen, like I mentioned earlier, 
the, the truth is the it's Super Bowl or bust for the Rams. Everything that the Rams have done in the offseason and during the season has indicated that. And it would be a really big shame if if Sean McVay and the Rams let this opportunity go to waste when we have the talent to not make the adjustments needed to play better and win football games. Because, you know, we come out of the bye and we play the Packers. And the Packers are a good football team. There's other good teams that we play the rest of the season. And the Rams need to figure it out. Sta- Matthew Stafford needs to figure it out. The defense needs to figure it out. Sean McVay especially needs to figure it out. There's got to be a change. You know, we can't keep getting embarrassed like this. I know that it's only been two weeks back to back, but remember there's also the Cardinals game. We've not had a loss, in my opinion, this season that has kind of been 50-50. I feel like we've been dominated each time. And the 49ers game is especially frustrating, like I said, because there's really no reason we should lose to a team like the 49ers. They, you know, and again, that's not me, you know, trying to throw hate towards a, a rival team. They just aren't as talented as us. They have a couple talented players, but I mean, no one, saw the 49ers winning. I mean, very few You shouldn't be losing to Jimmy Garoppolo. (laughs) Yeah, we just, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be losing. And it's, it's concerning. And I think fans have a right to be upset. I think we have a right to demand better and expect better from a, a very good football team. We have a very good football team. We've arguably one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. This should not be happening. So the Rams need to figure it out. We have a bye week. You know, we come out of the bye week, like I said, against the Packers going to be very interesting uh, but I think that's going to do it for us. I mean, Jake, do you have any closing thoughts? I just think that this team's going to be okay. You know, I, I think this team is going to win the Super Bowl. I stand by that uh, because Sean McVay has proven in the past and you know, they have have they do have what it takes to make the changes. I think he'll go through this bye week and he'll use it and he'll really get down to the bottom of it. He'll probably bring back play action. I mean, this is another thing I got to say is, you know, over the years, Alexis, they've gone to 12 personnel, 11 personnel, 10 personnel. They will mix it up this year. They haven't been able to do 12. But what I would look for is when they put Robert Woods on IR, they will have another spot open on their roster. I believe they already have a spot open as it is, Uh, whether they believe in Kendall Blanton or not, you know, put up or shut up. If you're going to play, you know, 12 personnel. Um, then you have to go out and you you might have to get a Delaney Walker or a tight end in free agency right now uh, because you're just not deep enough to play 12 personnel. But if you do, you have two tight ends there, you want to run the football more, I'll applaud you, McVay, because I understand you want to throw it. You know, you have Matthew Stafford. That's what you want to do. But it would have been simple to just plug Matthew Stafford into the offense that the Rams ran in 2018 instead of trying to create your own sort of offense with, uh, you know, Stafford. I mean, I understand it's fun to throw the ball. I almost feel like Sean doesn't even want to run the football. Uh, But I think, you know, if he wants to go back to 12 personnel, they may not score 30 a game. They may not be as flashy. Matthew Stafford probably won't win the MVP and he's not going to throw 300. He's averaging like over 300 yards per game. That won't be happening, but it might be the right course of action if this lingers. And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. You know, go out and you sign Le'Veon Bell, you get some uh, depth in the running back room and you can run that 12 personnel, get a tight end, get a running back. Or if you believe in Blanton and, and Higby blocking, do that. Please, for the love of God, activate Bryson Hopkins so you have a backup tight end. And, uh, you know, just run through the, the defense's teeth. I mean, the thing is, you might have to change your running scheme because, like I said, this was built on a wide zone. 
And as you can see, they like to run north and south instead of running east and west. They might have to go back to that wide zone running scheme. That was why, you know, the guys are nimble, you know, the interior offensive line. That was why they built the offensive line that way. So what I mean when I say the offensive line, it doesn't fit the scheme. That's why they're built for the pass running schemes and they changed it this year. So we'll see what they do, Alexis. But I think they're going to be okay. Um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of offense Pat sets, um, you know, the the running scheme, if anything changes uh, going into Green Bay. Even if things don't change, I still think they can win um, and they'll be fine. Uh, but there has to be, you know, more execution on the part of the Rams, not dropping passes, um, Matthew Stafford being more on target. And, uh, and the defense has to, to step up and play the way they did against the Titans and how they looked like they were playing you know, going into the game against uh, the Titans. So, you know, that that's what I would say about that. But I, I wouldn't be panicking too much. I'm not concerned. If they lose to Green Bay, yeah, okay, I might be a little concerned. 7-4 is not great, losing three in a row. And you have a lot of, you know, talent, you know, remaining that you have to go up against. But they haven't lost against Green Bay yet. Let's not act like they are, they're done yet. <laughs> yeah, well, we got a whole bye week to prepare you know, hopefully, like I said, the the Rams will be making adjustments and they'll come out swinging like Sean McVay said. So we'll see. But guys, uh, we will be back with a preview episode uh, after the bye week for the Rams versus Packers game. Uh, but until then, have yourselves a nice bye week. Stay safe. Take care and go Rams. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code DTR at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and make sure to use code DTR. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.